God, we are an hour 23 in. This is a long one. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what she shit. said. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Episode 7 of the Reseller Collab Podcast. It has been, we've we've been on a hiatus, I think. We have been, it's been a couple weeks. It's been more than a couple. When it's did been you come, nice for me. When did you come down? In this, it's been a month. It's been 29th, a I know we're down there in 29th. Yeah, it's been about a month. It's been, it's been a month, it's the yeah. 15th. I see, yeah, oh, oh! Since we've done a podcast, a yeah, podcast. you're right. You're right. It has been, it has been a little bit too long, but we've been busy, man. I've been really fucking yeah. busy. Yeah. I got a uh, some of my death pile uh, sorted out and, and listed on eBay. I uh, thought you were gonna stop it sorted out. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, okay. I've done. I did 33 listings. Uh, I wish I, I wish I did 33 listings today, but in the past couple of days I've I've put 33 33 items on there. And it's just it's money. And that's probably I don't know $1500 or more that was just sitting around. You should do you should do a screen share of one of your eBay listings, those lamp listings cuz those pictures are fucking phenomenal. Like which one? The, the LS there's the LSU lamp, and then there's that that gold lamp. That that, you... that is a cool lamp. That is yeah. a like I almost want to keep that lamp, and it's so small. Like like the the bulb part of it is actually an automotive light bulb. I noticed that today. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like uh um, before lights turned all LED, like tail lights and stuff, they had this bulb that you oh, push yeah. in and you turn it. It's about that long. Yep. And it had the two little things on the end. Yep. You, yep. Kind of like a BNC connector almost. Uh, I think I know what that is. God, it's like the turn. security camera. Use, yes, it, it yes. It little crack and spins in there. Yeah, but it's the bigger bulb. Yep. But it's just, it is like that, That's yeah. Cool. Um, cool. And that old stuff, man, that old stuff, note. I bet you that thing works like a charm. Oh, yeah, it, it works. And it, it's, it's just cool. Like, they, they took the time... Back then, to and it's probably I think you would consider it mid century, mid century modern, like nineteen fifties, I guess. Isn't that what mid century modern? Fancy top. Um, but it's just got that. It's got that. You know that design to it, like that 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 look about it, where they actually, it wasn't all about function. It was also about like how how it looked. You know. Yeah. Here's that. Here's the the lamp right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's. The pictures are just awesome, but that's a really, really cool old school lamp. Like, yeah. just awesome. It really, it really is. And uh, the the picture kind of looks, it kind of doesn't do it justice because the picture makes it look bigger than it is. But it's only 
you know, when it's folded down, it actually actually folds down into itself. It's about this big. That's even cooler. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're, you find some cool stuff thrifting, and that's uh, one not thing. Only, not only do you find cool stuff, but you learn cool stuff. That too, yeah. When I when I, you know, get bigger and better in this business and move on to bigger ventures, uh, I think I'll still I'll still do the occasional thrifting, maybe weekly thrifting trips, just just to find cool stuff like that because it's, I mean, it, at the end of the day, if you want to get nerdy about it, it's history, you know, it's historical uh, stuff mm-hmm. when when you're dealing in the antiques and stuff, you know, some antiques don't don't interest me like china and stuff like that which i know there's a bunch of money to be made i just don't know about it so i can't you know i can't go out there and and pick pieces out yeah yeah there's a and there's a lot of that out there especially you know you go to some of these estate sales and a lot of times estate sales or family members have passed on and they're 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 clearing out the house and so a, a lot of the stuff ends up being pretty old and some of it, if you don't know what you're looking for, I mean, some of that stuff can be really valuable. Yeah, very valuable. And, uh, you know, I see people, that's one of the main reasons I love Instagram. And uh, when I was on Facebook a lot, Facebook was the pictures and stuff and the bolos people post. Like, uh, especially when it's vintage stuff and antique stuff. Like, it's stuff that I would pass up every day of the week. You know, sometimes you see people post something that sold for three, four hundred dollars, or twelve hundred dollars, or whatever, and you're like, I would have, I would have walked by that all day long, mm-hmm. you know, and still would today, and, and until I see, you know, a post like that, it's all about learning. It's all about learning, man. Yeah, there's, a, and I, I'll tell you the one thing I learned, probably the first thing I learned during, um, like garage sale thrifting, is that if if there's hair extensions, buy them. They are so, I mean, I, my, my wife, one of the first things I sold was, you know, usually the first thing you do is you start selling everything, you know, that you don't need anymore. And my wife had her hair extensions from when uh, we got married and you just gave her secret away. And I, Everyone I, knows I, now. I told her, I said, Hey, I said, how much do you think we, I can get for these? She's like, probably a hundred bucks. And I was just, I was blown away. I was like, you're kidding me. Right. And she says, "Yeah, that's about what I paid for them." Wow! And uh, and so yeah, sure enough, and it sold. It sold within a week. So I went to a within garage, a week. Yeah, I went to a garage sale um, a few months back, and I was just kind of looking through. And this, they had three boxes of hair extensions, and they had a dollar sticker on every single one of them. And I was like, "Boom, <laughs> got three em. bucks, absolutely." And before. Zero chance I would have ever paid any attention to. You probably hair. wouldn't have wanted to pick them up. Or, yeah, I probably want to. Yeah, I didn't like want to touch it exactly. But but yeah. So and they it took them. One I sold the first week, and then another. Let, let me interrupt you. Is there a certain brand or a certain you know region? You know, because I know that they're made in different places and made out of different stuff. Is there one or just pick them all up? You know, I. That's a good question. I, I I don't know. I would buy anything. I would buy it all. If for and, that price. Yeah. Right. Just because I don't, you know, I don't really know exactly, you know, what what to look for. Um, you know, as far as different extensions, like the ones my wife had were, were like quality extensions. Um, these, um, 
were a little bit different. So I and I and I can show you kind of what I'm talking about. So this is the one that I sold. And so, you know, all I did was it was brand new. I looked up the took the UPC out of the box, put it in Google, got that picture and, you know, sold all three of them. Um, but it was a quick three dollars turned into ninety dollars, you know, before fees and all that pretty quickly. Nice. That's that's the kind of ROI that you don't find uh, on Amazon. You know, I mean, yeah. you can, you can, but it's you don't find it as often. It, you can go to a garage sale every weekend and find something with, you know, over two, three, four hundred percent ROI. Easy. That's like what nine thousand percent, one to ninety. I think that's like nine thousand percent ROI. Um, but, and you know, people don't know what a lot of people, you know, people that are selling the stuff, they just want to get rid of it. That's the best thing about garage sales. Yep. And it's the, it's what separates them from a thrift store too. Yeah. It is, you just hit the nail on the head that they want it gone. And, uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of pure hustle podcasts, uh, show and he, he talks a lot about, you know, going into, to garage sales and, and just saying, Hey, you don't ever have to look at it again. Like man, that's a good line. That is you a know? good line. You you will never have to see it again. Like well, that's a good point because that is that's actually you know that, that just hits the actual heart of it. You know that 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 touches the person right exactly where where they you know feel it because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Trying to get out of their house. You know the wife's complaining. Mm-hmm. You know uh, the dog's barking. I don't. I don't know. No, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I love garage selling when I can do it. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, I I bet I I don't know. I, I would consider myself an introvert, but I have the ability to to socialize, you know, with people when I when I want to. I guess um, I don't I don't have a problem, you know, going up to a stranger and talking to them. But I I can imagine if you're a you know strict introvert you know i I imagine going out and garage selling and and stuff like that would be a little bit difficult yeah yep i mean you know it's it's difficult for um sometimes my wife you know when she'll go it's not going out there that's the difficult it's asking for a better deal like that's the part that's that that she struggles with it's asking you know you know and not wanting to offend somebody it's an art it it is an art it it takes finesse to like you just said to not offend somebody because you can offend somebody quickly Mm -hmm. but i I love your you know the way you do it you you know you'd say you know well hey look if you're willing to 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 come down to that if you ever change your mind you know here's my here's my number Mm -hmm. give me a call that's you know, another good reason to have business cards when you're out and about. Yeah. Do you but, recommend having anything specific on your business card? Um, you know, because to me, business cards can be used for a couple different purposes, and not every one of those purposes would be the same. Like, would need the same information on there. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you're, I don't know, if you if you're talking to a a store manager, you know. I don't know. 
Like the one, the one that I use is, um, and I hope you can, can you read that? Yeah. So at the very top, it says I pay cash for unwanted goods. And so it's, it's kind of a, it's very simple. It has my logo, has my, um, my web address and my email. And, you know, on the back I have, I put some kind of things that I look for. I just hand it to them and I just say, Hey, you know, if, if you ever, if you ever go lower or if garage sales, if there's a lot of stuff, say, Hey, if you want somebody to come pick this stuff up for free, you know, if you want to give it away after you're done, you know, that's another, another good way to do it. The problem with that is you end up with a lot of junk, but you could, you know, you could, we could still make some money off of it if you, if you wanted to go that route. Yeah. Junk people. That's one of the problems with, with putting information out there, like that you buy stuff. I, I don't, I think the good outweighs the bad, but you do get a lot of people that are like, Hey, I got all this stuff in it. And you look at the pictures and you're like, no, you got a bunch of crap. Yeah. You know, you got a bunch of stuff that somebody stored in a storage unit that they didn't really want, but they didn't really want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, kind of crap. This guy on Facebook Marketplace today, he had a um, a video game lot, and it was 10 video game systems and a whole bunch of games. He was asking 585 for it. And, you know, you look, it was a bunch of Super Nintendos, and all the Super Nintendos were yellow. You know, the plastic had turned yellow. Most of the games were sports games, which are, you know, worthless, except for one NCAA year. Um, you know, so it, it, they thought they had, you know, a good lot. But when you look at it, it's like, man, I wouldn't pay 100 Right. I mean, was it vintage stuff, or was it? Yeah, no, it was, it, most of it was Super Nintendo. Some of, there was some Sega Genesis in there too, um, but the majority of it was Super Nintendo um, and then a ton of um, sports games, you know. And and for those of you who don't know, you know, sports games, obviously they, you know, they go out of date and lose their value tremendously because the next year you got new players, all the ratings, you know, all the, all the rosters are updated. Um, but there's one, and there, there's one exception to that, and it's NCAA, and I don't, 2014. Yeah, 2014. Um, and it's because it was the last time that um, EA was allowed to make um, a college uh, game. I thought it was because of some kind of rule uh, in the game, like the actual real life game that had changed that year. No, what it, what it had to do with was the fact that the players um, there it was kind of a dispute um, regarding using the players' likenesses and their 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 numbers. The NCA games never had names on them; they had never had it. However, you know the stats matched up to you know you have a quarterback that's six five, white, black, Hispanic, whatever. Well, in the game, number 12, well, in the game, he'd be number 12, same height, same weight, same skin color. And so using their likeness was deemed, um, you know, I, I don't know what. Kind of like copyright infringement or uh, IP kinda, infringement. Yeah, or... I don't know what the legal mumbo jumbo is. Because they weren't anyways, paying them. Right, right. The players weren't getting paid for it, but they're on the video game. So, and they can't, college players can't get paid, right? Correct, correct. 
And so they couldn't, you know, EA would, wouldn't even be able to say, hey, I'll give you $1,000 if we can use your likeness. They couldn't, the players wouldn't be able to accept that money. So anyways, that last NCAA year was the last of the college games. And that's what made it so, that's what makes that year so, so popular. Interesting. Huh. That's a big debate. You know, they're, they'll eventually get to where college players will start getting paid because those universities are just, they're just just rolling in money. Um, yeah. You know, they, they get everything. They get every penny, um, you know. So I think, you know, in the future, you know, once the players do get some sort of payment, whether it be just a flat payment or a flat amount, whatever, I think you'll start seeing those NCAA games come back, which will be really cool because I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed playing them simply because, you know, I went to Northwestern State and, you know, most people out there are like, where's that? You know, but I could play that college, you yeah. know, and, and it, you know, for, for some people who are more into college football than, than professional, it's, it was, uh, it kind of sucks that they don't make those games anymore. What's the thinking behind, uh, not paying the players? Is it kind of a, um, conflict of interest because yeah. the, the players are actually students as well. And if maybe if there was some kind of monetary incentive that, there would kind of need to be a, a, an incentive for them to pass. I think the, I think the main thing is their classes. Well, I, I, I think the main argument is the fact that these players are all on scholarship. Um, so technically the university is paying them a certain amount. Uh, I mean, paying them, but they're paying for their college or getting a free education and the, the, they consider that they're, their payment and so if a student was to be getting endorsement deals um, and things of that nature then they may not take advantage of that of that uh scholarship and these you know these these schools offer these player scholarships so they can win games and put you know uh, butts in the seats and get you know more revenue and so it's kind of like they they they're they're kind of wanting to keep them you know, kind of under under their thumb, I guess you could say. But I'll be honest, that's not the only line of thinking. I mean, you could go down a really long wormhole talking about college and getting paid and not getting paid. And a matter of fact, um, I want to say it was last year, one school got really close to unionizing. And it was and, and it came down to, a, I believe, a federal or a state court. I don't know what court it was, but they they shot it down. But it was like the first time that a college uh, team had started to form that union and it was people kind of lost their shit about it. Um, but I'm telling you, it, it, it'll come eventually. They're making way too much money. I mean, the NFL, I mean, think, think about it. The NFL, you know, they get 10, you know, they get billion and billions of dollars just on TV rights. Do you That's, think it would rival? I, I Do you think it would compete with the, NFL and stuff. If if they paid the college players, I mean, you, you'd have like tenth year seniors and stuff. I imagine. Yeah, they're yeah, they would just stay in college. Just <laughs> <laughs> they know they're not going to make it to the NFL, so they're just like, ah, let's just keep playing. Now, there's eligibility uh, things where you, you know you can only you can you're only eligible so many years. Um, it's either four to five years depending on how you do it. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't think so. But I mean, if you the the money the billions of dollars these universities are getting 
Yeah. It, and they're and they're not sharing it. You know, they build beautiful colleges, beautiful campuses, and they have great, you know, everything. Uh, but it's like those players are really riding those players' backs to get that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It it on the surface it sounds something sounds like yeah it's yeah well it's and a it, little but then, you, then think about it you know you'd have like Texas A and M you know every week they're filling a hundred thousand seat stadium um, not to mention all the merchandise TV rights all that all that money and then they charge you know fifty thousand dollars a semester to an out of state <laughs> an out of state student. I mean, think about it. In my opinion, in a perfect world, they should be using that money to lower tuition. But again, we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna get off way off. Yeah, yeah. Going. I think we already have. We're probably going to have to cut most of this out. <laughs> that was a long... I mean, we, we've been on for 30 minutes. And, yeah. <laughs> and we haven't, we haven't really talked much about anything. Um, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, okay, so, so last year, a uh, buddy of mine got me into a what they call like a q4 group it's a uh a whatsapp group which is a a messaging app on on your phone and basically it was just a bunch of people i think in that group there were roughly 25 to 30 people and you just you stay in that group all q4 you know september october november december uh sometimes january february we were still showing some stuff but and and you just post bolos like you just post you know what you saw out at the store what was a good deal you know what what you can make money on in at amazon <clears throat> you know fba or or mf or whatever and it's just a good way to kind of have a little bit of a close knit group of people that you know you all have the same goal and you know you can just share tips and tricks and uh, like I said, bolos and stuff. It's really, I think it's beneficial, very beneficial to get in to a group like that. Uh, and there's a bunch of them that are free. You know, you can start your own. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's a, I think it's beneficial. We're, we're part of, what are we part of, like three now? <laughs> yeah, we got three going. We got our own and then we got uh, one from last year and then a new one that popped up this year. And... and you know, some of it's fluff. Some of it, you can tell, it is just kind of they're running it to maybe propagate their own it's agendas. Like a, but it's almost like if you've ever been to like a timeshare. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's a good analogy because yeah, that's like, yeah. like you basically just sit down and they tell you how good life can be, and then everything's good and you have a great conversation and everything you know everything's you know roses, and at the end it's the hard sell and it's just like they're like, hey, okay, like, so if, buy our shit, please. If you guys got value out of this, if you see the value and tell everybody you know and buy our course. Now, I don't know if they're pushing a course or anything, but it, you know, to me, uh, I can I can ignore all that stuff. You know, if I if I make, I was gonna say if I make my money back on the group, but I didn't pay anything for the group, so yeah. so it's already paid for. But you know, if I make some money off of it, I don't care. I don't care about all the, the mindless babble that sometimes goes on and all. But I think one of the one of the things with those groups though is that our most useful group is has four members in it 
Yeah. You know, so like it, it, it doesn't have to be a massive group with, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Um, it's, 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 it's even more valuable to have it be, you know, just four people that are like literally dedicated and they, like, yeah, I'll share my, we all share our bolos. We all like brainstorm. We all, you know, think about, you know, ways that we can, we can do better. And I mean, I get so much more out of that group than I do anything else because it's like, you know, we're, we're kind of a, you know, kind of a collective uh, brain, you know, when it comes to strategies and things like that. Yeah. We, we all, there's no, there's no guessing what our, all of our goal is, you know, it's all the same goal, which in some of these other groups, like the group that we got added to this year has a hundred members, a hundred different people in there, you know, and maybe 20, 25 of them post on a regular basis, but all those hundred members aren't the same skill level. They, they don't all have the same goals. You know, they don't all have the the same knowledge, you know, And, and in our small group, uh, we're all within a couple years of each other as far as experience goes. We all have the same goal. Uh, you know, we're all working towards full time. If actually, as a matter of fact, um, my mentor, the guy that's in the group, he just went full time this week. Did he really? He did. He did. I, I forgot to tell you that. Yep. Yep. He quit awesome. his job. So that makes that makes three of us that's full time. So that's awesome. It's time to hurry up, sir. <laughs> it's gonna be a while for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. you. You got it. Yeah, I, I'd probably keep that job forever. Do <laughs> <laughs> you wanna you wanna talk a little bit about uh, Amazon Merchant Fulfilled shipping templates? Are, are you ready to talk about that? I know for for a lot of our viewers, this is a this is a sticking point. And for a long time, I didn't want to set up my shipping template because it was so daunting of a task. You know, you look at it and you're like, holy crap, you know, you have to pick every single state and all this stuff. And, you know, what am I offering free shipping on? What am I calculated shipping? Is there going to be a flat rate shipping? Is there going to be per pound? There's all this kind of stuff that you have to uh, set up. And I think it, it holds a lot of people back from you know, doing seller fulfilled prime and just doing merchant fulfilled orders, period. So if you want to, if you want to take it away and kind of, kind of show people what that's all about and how to set it up, maybe a little quick run through. Yeah. So I will screen share here real quick. And I'm not going to go through like how to like step-by-step how to create one. Um, but because it's, it's relatively simple, but you, you, you have to, I, I guess first, have an idea of um what a shipping template is and so um up in your settings if you just go to shipping settings it'll take you to your templates and now the only one that i have added is this one it's oversized non-prime that's i created that um the default template is always going to be this migrated template if if you're if you haven't enough if you have enough history on your account um, you will get offered to do seller fulfilled prime. Um, and as you can see right here, it says you've enrolled in seller fulfilled prime. So I can offer nationwide prime regional ground and air and regional prime ground. So I'll give you kind of example of what customers, uh, pay. Now, did, and- did you make those 
uh, the did you name those regional prime ground and nationwide prime? No, the oh, only one. Okay. This one right here is the only one that I created. Okay. These, this one's gonna be your default. If you enroll in seller fulfilled prime, you will get these three options. Okay, so it automatically throws those in there. Yep. So for instance, regional prime. I have, and it's ground, that means, you know, it, it's going to get standard shipping to these locations and two-day delivery only to Texas, Southeast, excuse me, Eastern Texas and Louisiana, because that's the only way you can get to something two in two days by just using ground, okay? Oh. So, for instance, Prime customers, this is 100% free. Standard so, shipping. Let me let me interrupt. Did... Amazon set up that uh, Southern Texas, Eastern Texas, Louisiana. Did they set that up or did you set that up? Nope. This is all based on your location. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So you don't have to calculate. That's cool. Yeah. Amazon does all of this for you. And and if you noticed on these, you can edit this. Um, So you can edit this template and you can add, like say, for instance, I'll I'll click edit here um, and say I want to, you know, I have a maybe a who knows a good deal with a with a local FedEx vendor, and instead of you know uh, you know Texas and southeastern, or excuse me, uh, yeah Texas, southern Texas and eastern Texas, you know I can do um, southern Oklahoma or something. Yeah, and actually, if you look at it, they won't they won't even allow you to change any rules on this, um, simply because Amazon won't allow you to do anything that w- could jeopardize us two days. So you just lied to us. Yeah, pretty much on that one, yeah. But if you see these right here, standard shipping, you can add new shipping rules. So when you click add new shipping rules, you can you can edit these, select your regions, lower forty eight, you can get American Samoa, you could you know, all these different options you can you can uh you can edit and kind of play with. But when it comes to seller fulfilled prime, you are really handcuffed um to a lot of customization simply because um, Amazon uh, is they just won't let you do anything that will jeopardize the delivery time and not only will they not allow you to do it if if a customer say for instance um, a customer gets a two-day delivery they order by 11 a.m. they select two-day delivery for free prime customers and let's say for whatever reason something happens and I wait till the next day to ship this I have to overnight this package because wow. right. I have to overnight this package to this customer, and it's going to cost me a fortune. If it if you get the order before eleven a.m. and Correct. you don't ship that day, yep. So if a customer orders at you know ten fifty nine a.m. and I don't ship it that day, the next day Amazon will force me to buy their shipping one day overnight air. They force it like like so it pulls up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so or it's you, the only option, rather. Yeah, it's the only option you have. They'll gray out everything else. I take because, it you did you did this. No, I almost I almost did. So I, I'll kind of show you why I created my my uh, my plans because I didn't I didn't make that big of a mistake um, on the delivery because all my stuff has gone out when it's supposed to. But the mistake I made was when I added the product, and I'll I'll show you that. So I'm gonna go back real quick. And kind of go back to um, things that I have set up. So I'm going to go to oversized prime. Now the reason why I call it oversized non-prime is number one, I'm not offering prime. 
so I, I'm not really eligible for. Yeah, I don't have I don't have priority buy box eligibility. Um, I have to have really low price to get the buy box. Let me stop but, you right there, Jeff, and leave. No, uh, okay. Let me let me let me stop and kind of tell people what the the advantage of doing seller fulfilled prime is. Uh, when when you have a buy box that uh, you know somebody is prime, mo- most of the time. Let me rephrase that. Most of the time, when there's a buy box, it's held by somebody that is a prime seller. Uh, meaning, meaning, prime customers can get their their items in two days for free. So, if you're doing merchant fulfilled and you have the same price as that that person that has that's doing FBA, you won't get the buy box. But if you do seller fulfilled prime, which is basically merchant fulfilled, that you guarantee you can have to somebody in two days, you can also be just as eligible like you're you're on a level playing field with those fba guys right yep that's correct okay yeah but you know amazon again they're extremely strict and in order to keep that prime badge you have to meet those expectations and i mean have you found that hard no um 99 of the time you know you have to and the only time i ever choose um like nationwide prime or regional prime is when something is under a pound um, if it's over a pound, it's just, it's extremely expensive. Um, Let me ask you this. Can you do first class? You yeah. said when it's under yeah. a pound. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. And that's why, you know, that's why I only offer prime on under a pound because it's flat fee. It's flat rate, right? So first class is flat rate. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't fluctuate based on where it goes. It only fluctuates based on weight. Yeah. So you really don't have to worry about it. So, so what I did um, was I created an oversized non-prime. And so what I do is basically a customer gets free economy shipping anywhere they want it, okay? Standard shipping, again, free anywhere they want it. Now, if a customer chooses two-day delivery, I have edited my, uh, my the, the cost. I give a flat $10.99 fee per order plus $0.99 cents per pound. So, for instance, if this if this item is twenty pounds, I'm getting paid basically thirty one dollars. So I get twenty pounds at a dollar, <throat> so that's twenty dollars plus the ten ninety nine, and that will generally cover two day shipping, um, depending on the item. How did you come to figure that out? I watched some YouTube videos on kind of how to how to kind of where's the middle where the middle ground is can you tell us to, what you searched so our viewers can kind of search it when when and if they want to set this up uh maybe we can kind of kind of shout out someone else yeah you know i i don't remember the the actual um video the person that i that i got it from however you know on youtube if you just type in amazon shipping templates um, it'll there give you a lot of choices based on what you're kind of looking for. So if you're looking okay. for prime templates, if you're looking for oversized, undersized, all that good stuff, you can find it. <clears throat> and so um, on one day delivery, I added a fifty dollar fee per order plus six dollars uh, in a, in addition. So um, this is what I use on almost all of my items that are over a pound. So. Now, um... And you don't get the prime badge for that, right? Nope. You don't get the prime badge and you don't get the prime 
buy box. Okay. So here's the now here's the thing here's what you gotta you gotta worry about and I'll, I'll do it really quick. I'm gonna add a fake product here. Um, we're gonna call it. Let's go Shiba. So, um, so for instance, a Toshiba. So I want to sell this Toshiba. I have a DVD recorder, and and I want to sell mine. Okay. So what I'm going to do is in here. This is kind of what this is what you'll normally see. I say, okay, I got this at Goodwill, forty bucks, forty nine dollars, and I'm going to price this. I'm looking over here. Got used two thirty nine. I'm not going to go into it too much. So I'm just going to say two hundred. Just leave it there. <clears throat> Quantity one, select condition, use good, whatever. So now, do not hit this button. <laughs> don't hit that button. Now, the reason why I say I hit, don't for, hit that. For button, those of you just listening, what what he did was he he went in like he was gonna. Uh, he just went into the ad products page and then typed in Toshiba and picked a random DVD recorder and then he went to the the offer page where it, where it allows you to uh, put in what your quantity is, what your price is, if you're wanting to do uh, Merchant Fulfilled. And what he's talking about now, don't hit, is the save and finish button. Uh, there you go ahead. Yeah, good call. I, I keep forgetting people. Yeah, are, me too. I mean, we're, we're new to this, so, so we, you know, we'll get better at trying to remember people that aren't just watching the video itself. We do actually get quite a, quite a bit of, of views or listens through through podcasts. That's good. That's good. So, um, so yeah, it's the save and finish that you don't want to hit. Okay. You look at the top right where it says advanced view. This is what you want to click. Once you click advanced view, it opens up all of these other options. So it gives you, you know, you can start a sale date. You can start the sale price. You can add MSRP. Um, you can do a condition note like, you know, you know, no remote is a very common one. Um, Tax codes, handling time. So if you need extra handling time, you can put that on there. But here's where this will cost you a whole lot of money is the shipping template line because it automatically defaults to migrated template. Now, the shitty thing about that is that if you don't catch this and you sell that item, that customer now has the option to get two-day shipping and one-day shipping at very, very cheap cost. So, um, so for instance, um, I had an item... Um, that was a two day to Colorado <laughs> and I, and I forgot to change my template. So I got no extra, uh, money, you know, to cover that shipping. And it cost me about 50 bucks on top of, you know, I essentially made nothing on the item, um, because it automatically defaulted to this migrated template. So when you click on here, all I do is I change it to my oversized non-prime template. I can change the image if I need to change the image and I can hit save and finish and then it'll list on my, uh, it'll be available for purchase thereafter. Now, if you don't like say, for instance, if you forget, if you leave it on migrated template and you hit save and finish, just make sure that once that thing pops up on your inventory screen, it usually takes a few minutes that you change that, that template or else you're, it's going to cost you money, especially on items that weigh 20, 30, 40 pounds. Yeah, it's, it's a, it could be a big issue. I've done the same thing with the migrated template last Q4 when the the Nintendos came out the the original retro or original classic Nintendos, you know the yeah. retro ones, the little bitty ones. When they came out, I had that was the first Merchant Fulfilled product 
that I had ever done. And, uh, you know, my buddy was like, yeah, just go in, go in and set up your shipping templates. Well, I didn't think about it or I didn't do it. I don't remember what happened, but I started getting these orders for these things and it was under the migrated template. And I'm like, holy crap, like I got to pay for this stuff out of my pocket. Yeah. And that's, that's basically what you have to do. So like, like you said, don't hit that save and finish button on a, on an item until you have your shipping template set up right. Um, I want to touch on something else too, that you kind of, kind of brought to mind when you were saying about that migrated template, when you, if you use inventory lab, you can set up uh, merchant fulfilled listings in inventory lab and it will send it to Amazon. Well, the first thing that I thought after I hit, you know, submit through inventory lab was it didn't let me change my shipping template. So what mm. shipping template is it going to default to? Well, it, luckily they thought about it. So what it does, it, it or at least the last one, so don't don't take my word for this. I don't want to, you know, cost you a bunch of money. But what happened when I hit submit is it sends it to Amazon as an incomplete listing. So it will not go active until you change some things. Uh one of which being the shipping template itself. So it's kind of good. You know, yeah. it just leaves it in your, it leaves it in at the top of your inventory in an inactive status. So I thought I was like, man, that's pretty cool. So yeah. you can, so if, if you're one of the people like me that loves to have a, a custom SKU with your date that you bought it, the price you bought it, where you bought it, you know, all that stuff, I, I can't do without that stuff now. So if you like to do that stuff, you can just actually create those many, uh, Merchant fulfilled listings through Inventory Lab. Pretty cool. That is cool. That is cool. And and there are also some people that use the the seller app on your phone. You can add stuff straight from your seller app, um, which I haven't really messed with. But you know you can when you scan you know you scan an item, you go add product, scan an item at the very bottom. Um, you know you can you can yeah. submit it. And, and that's how I that's how I added those Nintendos, and I think yeah. they sold before I got home. They all sold before nice. I got home. I only got like three or four of them, but yeah. Um, have you ever heard of people, and this is not something I'm advocating. Have you ever heard of people going into a store and scanning an item and listing it merchant fulfilled and never buying it? <laughs> that's, you know. I do not advocate this. And if you've done it, I'm not saying that you should admit it. Okay, I so <laughs> I have thought about that. So here's the thing with that: it's not a bad idea, but you got to do it if you're doing it on seasonal items. You got to do it f like you have to be there at the beginning. You're because, shooting yourself in the foot if you're going to do it on a seasonal item. I think. Well, oh, I, th I think you could say that regardless. But you know, there there there's some items that you know. Gosh, I, I would just. I I think I could do that on, but. I don't have the time to, to, um, to kind of keep up with that because I feel like if you get enough items in there, it's going to get to the point where it's just like, it'll backfire on you. It's, it's just too much to handle. I'm cross posting electronics on eBay and Amazon. Now I have enough problem keeping up with that. I, I can, you know, so what do you do when you, when when you, you say problem with that for people that don't know, uh, the problem is, is if you sell something, 
that you have cross posted, which is just basically posting it, posting the same listing on Amazon as you have on eBay. Usually on Amazon, you're, you're, you're able to get more money for it, but you, you have them listed. So if this thing, say this thing sells on Amazon, you immediately have to go to eBay and take that, take that listing off or take that quantity out. So you don't, so it shows you don't have any, because if you sell that item twice, you'll be in trouble. Uh, yeah. I think you have a, a, a story from yeah, the I other day a, about that. I had a brother typewriter. It was a, it's a word processor. Um, and it was, I, I got it at Goodwill for, it was $10 and then they had 30% off. So it was like $6 or something and, uh, cleaned it up. It came with a floppy disk. So it was some, I don't know, some ladies like, I was like, I don't know what it was. It was but um, but anyways, it tested, worked great, cleaned it up, listed it on eBay, listed it on Amazon. I had it on eBay for, I want to say, I think it was fifty dollars plus shipping, and then I had it on Amazon for two hundred dollars, you know, free shipping, and uh, it sold on eBay overnight. And then so my <laughs> my wife boxes it up, delivers it to the the postal annex, and then I get a notification: boom, your item has sold two hundred dollars on Amazon. So I call my wife. I said go get that damn package <laughs> so, so she, she went, had already dropped it off and they'd scanned it yeah so she had to go up there and get the get the package and bring it back how did um, they did did she have had, to do an intercept or something or? no no it was just they hadn't had their pickup for the day so we got lucky so she, she i didn't think went, they would give it back to you. i mean eh, i guess they don't really have a choice but i would think it would be a little bit more technical to no, get it pick, out of their system picked it up took it then put a different label on top of the old label, sent it in, wrote an email to the customer saying, sorry, you know, we're unable to sell this item. We apologize. So you just took the hit on eBay. No, I canceled. I selected buyer canceled. I always select buyer canceled on, on that. So you didn't hit your metrics. And you've never gotten anybody uh, give you a bad feedback for that. Once. Yep. Once. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I, even the eBay people at eBay open, they're like, Nobody gives a shit about feedback. <laughs> they just they just don't. And I mean, I think back in the day, feedback on eBay was bigger. Today, it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. I it doesn't. I think customers know that they have the upper hand against sellers nowadays. So, <laughs> so they don't need to judge you based on your merit or based on your metrics anymore. Yeah, and I mean, there's still requirements. You got to keep it above certain amount but i mean there's some there's some shitty sellers out there that have like 88 percent feedback and they're still selling stuff and it's like okay there's some shitty big big sellers yeah there really are and and i you know toys r us was one of them toys r us had terrible feedback i mean well not i mean not terrible but in in terms like they had like 94 percent you know feedback and that's bad when you're running that big of operation and every single one of them was, they said that the item was out of stock. That was the main, that was the main complaint that customers had on their page was that the items were always out of stock and, you know, they never got their items and blah, 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 blah. And which, you know, it is what it is, but well, I, I do want to talk real quick. Um, something that I had to learn the hard way was um, uh, eBay, or not eBay, FedEx, if you're ordering wholesale supplies from um, from uh, excuse me, if you're ordering products from wholesalers, 
and and for instance, if you're ordering a pallet and that you you require liftgate services because you're working out of your house, they charge for that. Let's tell let's tell our viewers what liftgate service is um, for people that aren't familiar that have never been in the business and stuff as far as uh, retail or, or or big stuff. They might not know even what you're talking about a liftgate service. So so when you get a pallet of product, uh, most businesses have a dock, uh, a shipping dock. So that, that 18 wheeler will back right up to the dock and then you can get a pallet jack and just pick that pallet up and just roll it right into the building. Well, at your house, you obviously don't have a shipping dock, so they can't just roll that off the truck because there's nothing there. They would it would just roll. It'd be like that video you see where that guy, oh God, it's so horrible. <laughs> that guy has that pallet of stuff, you know, and he just rolls right off the end of the truck and it just, oh, yeah. oh it's horrible. But funny. So, you, so you have to have what they call a lift gate, which is a hydraulically uh, actuated gate. It, so basically they can roll that pallet jack with that pallet on it uh, out to the end of the truck and then lower it down and then take it to your house. So that's what he's talking about when he refers to liftgate. Yep. Um, so, and it costs, you know, I think I, I think I got a bill for like $127 is what it costs. Because they have to have the, you know, if they have a truck kind of make a special delivery straight to your house. It's a different truck too. It's not a, yeah. The one that came to my house wasn't an 18 wheeler. It was a, basically a huge box truck. Mm, yep. Yep. And, you know, one of the other things that I found out was, was when you get, at least in this case, you know, when, when you get your tracking information on a freight shipment, delivery date is the delivery to the FedEx warehouse. And so, you know, for instance, if you have to get liftgate services scheduled, that delivery date isn't a delivery to your house. It's a delivery date to the FedEx hub, and then they will call you to schedule delivery, which, you know, I had to learn the hard way because I was like, wait a minute, it says it's supposed to be delivered on Tuesday. You know, I'm ready for it Tuesday. Like, no, that's the date that it's supposed to be delivered to our shipping So hub. they always call you. Yeah, yeah, they'll call you. Unless you have, like, an account where you have it set up and automated, I, I believe you can do it that way. But, um, like, if you're having regular deliveries, um, that, that would be different. But if it's kind of like a one-off type delivery, um, the delivery tracking is to your, is to the, the shipping hub and then they give you a, you know, a date. They'll say, well, we can get it to you between this. That's kind of like a furniture delivery. We, we can get it to you between two and four on a Friday. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, um, it's just, it's just some things that, that I, I didn't really understand at first. Yeah. I, uh, it, I wonder if that's because it's residential because they see it as Probably. residential that they're they're like no we're calling you know because i it's a whole it's 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 a whole truck they're sending you know and i know when when i got mine they had like most of the truck was empty you know it only had a couple pallets on it it wasn't full it, it, there in houston it may be different because they probably got a whole bunch more Mm-hmm. you know stops and stuff but it was a dedicated truck just for for people that needed liftgate service yep yep so anyways be prepared yep mount 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 okay uh let me let me talk about something here get on my soapbox 
Uh, I know I never do that. Never. I don't appreciate that. Um, look, guys, you just don't don't compare yourself to all these people you see on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. These people, most of the time, it's not real. I'm not saying it's it's always not real, or you know that these people are even trying to to be frauds or fake you out or or just you know anything. It. The reason I'm saying that is because you all you see is one one piece of the puzzle. You don't see everything else. You don't see their day-to-day costs. You don't see their shipping costs. You don't see their, you know, the debt that they've accrued uh, to get all this inventory that they're selling for, you know. If you got somebody that's that's buying, you know, or, or selling $100,000 worth of inventory a month, and they have $200,000 worth of debt, it's not going to show on their Instagram. What's going to show on their Instagram is that cool orange bar chart, you know, that bar graph that, that shows 100000 in sales. That means nothing. You can literally tell nothing about that business. How You can't tell how much profit they're making. You can't tell how much debt they have. You can't tell whether they're in the black or the red. It's, it's not productive to compare yourself to those people. Use it as a tool. Use it as a motivational tool, but don't use it to beat yourself up because you don't think you are where you should be in this business. And it is so easy to lie. Like literally, I think we found an Instagram account or you found earlier today. That's probably taking pictures of empty boxes and then putting here or hell they could be, I don't care. They could be full, but they're sure it's fucking $5,000 in profit, you know, in these boxes, um, you know, mm. you're not getting five thousand dollars of profit on Halloween decorations. It you know, would. It, let it me stop. Only like, there's only like twenty boxes. It wasn't much. Small boxes. Some of them were. Uh, one of the posts that said it was like five k. It was only like six boxes. I'm like, okay, okay, it's doable, but the entire rest of the Instagram was selling a class. So mm. I'm like, God, the that name, is so dirty. Name. The, the name of it was had it, class in it. The name yeah. of the Instagram account. It's just, it's just. It makes you, know, you angry. It makes me angry. They wouldn't be around if people weren't falling for it, though. I mean, that's that's a sad fact about who, it. it. I mean, who wouldn't follow that? Who wouldn't, you know, fall for for the, Well, I mean, I wouldn't I now. But I think we had a lot of we had a lot of breaks that that some people don't get. Uh, we knew other sellers is, is one of the main things, one of the main advantages I think we had over other sellers. If you don't have any friends in this business, man, you could, you could really fall down a a lot of rabbit holes. You know, you, you could, you could get yourself in a lot of trouble by following the wrong people. And you may not know that they're the wrong people until it's too late, you know, until you've given them thousands of dollars or whatever, uh, that, you know, you find out that you could have learned all of that for free on YouTube mm-hmm. on the reseller yeah. collab podcast. <laughs> yeah. Swipe up, yeah. like I... comment, share, subscribe, subscribe, um, hit that bell. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a, I just, I hate, I hate salesmen. I mean, I've sold things. Yeah. I, tech, I, I mean, we, and it's crazy because we are all 
So and, but it's just I just hate that I hate that salesy. People, yeah, it's just it's the just disingenuous, just like it's creepy. It's it's kind of it's like adults tra- treating other adults like they're children, and like it's like you're gonna get a gold star if you do this, and it's just like. I don't know. It's just it just pisses cringeworthy. I hate I hate that we have people in America that that react to that or that that <laughs> they'll like I don't know they like that shit and they'll like say like, here give me my yeah here's five thousand dollars teach me how to do something and it's just I don't know it makes me sad. It kind of it's it's crazy. You kind of weed out the real the people that are really gonna make it. You know, because the people that are really going to make it are going to, in my opinion, are going to dig deep and they're going to learn, you know, the hard way and, and learn through actual reading and researching and everything. I think some of those, the allure, some of those courses and stuff is that, oh man, they're basically going to download this information into my brain and then I'm going to be rich. No, no. They're giving you the same information that these that the that people on YouTube are giving away free. They're giving yeah. you the same information. Nothing changes until you get up to like billion dollar seller. You yeah, know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year or million dollar. Like, so there's this one account, and I'll be honest, it was the first. It's the first account that I ever thought. I'm like, you know, if this dude ever came out with a course, I might, I might go for it. You know. And and listen, I said that before I really got into wholesale, because this guy like he fucking knew everything about wholesale. He's very very popular on Instagram, um, and I'm sitting I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, man, you know, this, he's real. Like, I mean, I just feel like he's real. Like he's coming at me real. He's 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 giving me you know these tips, and he's not pushing anything. It's just it's just what he does on a daily basis. No frills, no nothing. And there's a couple tutorials in there on how to do things. And then, lo and fucking behold, here comes, hey, guys, in September, I'm thinking about launching a course. And I'm like, all right. Like, now I get, like, now, like, you're done with me. Like, I'm sorry. And listen, if you're running a course and you're making money, you make money however you want to make money. I don't care. But to me, it's just like, no, like when you start putting out like one of something very popular is these stupid uh, um, um, ungating lists that people put out. They'll put out a list of all these ASINs like this is how you get ungated and all these things. You know, send me your email and I'll, I'll send you this, you know, this how to get ungated in these products. And for new sellers, you're not going to get ungated in any of that shit. Mm-mm. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you just not. Like, me and you are just now starting to really get to that, like, performance level ungating. Like, it's 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 getting to that point now. But, you know, you're sending, this, you're sending these people this false hope, and you're getting their email in return. And then you're going to use that information in the future to try to sell them on this bullshit that, that, um, that really they could just – if it's just fake, man. I don't, I don't know. I'm getting fired up just thinking about it. It's just, it's fucking fake. All of it yeah. is. Now, when I say all of it, listen, there's good stuff out there. I'm sure. I'm just saying for me, once I started to realize and started, the more I got into Amazon, the more I could, I could identify that bullshit and be like, 
these guys they're they're just they're selling snake oil is what they're selling and um you know one of the one of the things that um really really kind of you know irritates me is is when you see these people that are just you know they're single moms and or they're you know they're people that want to you know that really need like the money and you're gonna sit there and you're gonna and you're knowingly you're knowingly gonna sell them stuff that you know they they can you know they can they can get on their own and i don't know man i don't know it's false promises of hey you're gonna get all this money if you buy my course you're gonna be you're gonna be making you know six figures just like me which is yeah yeah that man i see people all the time that that just want an easy way out and hey let me hold on real quick listen if you're one of those people that want the easy way out you've wasted all your money i don't care you've like, wasted your have... time listening to our podcast yeah yeah but like you know, if you if if that's where they get their money from, that's okay. That's okay. If you're like, I just want to say, like, I got money to spare. Yeah, teach me how to do this. I want to make money and do nothing. I had a roommate uh, in Austin that that's all he did was these get rich quick schemes. That's all it was. But there was no work behind it. It was like, hey, you can rent vending machines and we'll put these vending machines in the malls and you can make these residual income off these vending machines. Yep. But they take all your money, all your savings on all these franchise setup fees and all this other shit. Like that's how they get their money. I've had friends that that have you know, every time they contact you, it's <laughs> gonna be a new scheme or a new pyramid deal or multi level marketing. And, you know, I kinda lost friends before over that because I just called on it like like, hey man, I I wanna be your friend, but I don't don't send me this stuff anymore because yeah. I, I don't I don't want to be in a multi-level marketing scheme. It's pyramid to me. It's all pyramid. Yeah, you know, it if your product's good enough, put it out in the market. Don't sell it through, you know, your aunt and your uncle and your friends and all that stuff. Just don't, don't, don't push me with that stuff. I, I, I hate that. Yeah. yeah. You just, and, but I'm also one of those people that you just, you're just not going to be able to sell anything to me. I don't yeah. know. I just don't get sold to, I am sorry. I don't trust anybody. Um, but you know, regardless, I know it's a little bit of a rant, but you know, if you're, if, if, if you're, if you're thinking about it, just give it some time, just give it some time. Like I know, you know, and I know you may think that, um, you know, this, this could speed up your, your, your timeline of making that money by like six, Hey man, maybe I can skip six months of of this knowledge and, and that could be true to some extent, but you learn off making the mistakes. You have to make the mistakes and you have to screw up and do these things. Then that's where, that's where the real learning experiences come from. Bingo. And that's just something, something that you're not going to get. You can't pay for that, that stuff. That's right. That's a, that's an excellent point. You can't, you can't pay for the failures that cost you money. Those, those, those failures are actually, it, you're not paying for that failure. You're paying for that lesson. You're paying for that that education you just got. Yeah, that's pretty much. It's it's just, you know, you you got. It's just not the right way to do it. You know, I think one of the it's, things. It's a little bold for us to say it's not the right way because, you know, who's to say? But I agree with you. I think if it's a if it's a beginner classes, you know, I. 
I mean, I would see value. You know, I don't know hardly anything about private label, right? So, I mean, I know the basics and things like that. Um, and I could see, you know, sourcing your suppliers and, and, and your advertising and all that stuff. I, that can get kind of kind of wishy-washy. And I can understand, you know, going through like a private label type, you know, course maybe, you know. But yeah. even that, you can still you can still do that research on YouTube. There's tons of people giving away that information for free. So, you yeah. know, I mean, to each his own. But I, I just feel like if you just give it some time, um, you'll you'll look back and be like, oh my god, I'm so glad I didn't pay all that money. Yeah, and I don't want people to think that like our end goal is to provide a course or anything like that. That's not really our end goal. We like talking to each other, and we like, you know, just providing providing quality content and and stuff for people. Uh, we may eventually monetize some of it through like Patreon or something like that, but you know, it, it would just be, you know, views and, and whatnot. It wouldn't actually be like, Hey man, come by our course. We gave you all this free information. Like got you now, you know, yeah. I, yep. that's, that's not what I'm in it for. I'm in it to make money for myself. Uh, I think the last thing we got on the agenda here is, uh, God, we are an hour 23 in. This is a long one. Yeah, uh, that's Mr. what she shit. said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's so horrible. That's <laughs> horrible. We watch way too much Office. Uh, custom labels on eBay. Yeah. Um, custom label, custom skew, custom custom label. label. That's what it's called. Yep. Custom labeling. So one of the. I'll do this. I'll do a screen share real quick, just so the people that are watching um, can can follow along all seven yeah all seven people that are watching so if i want to put you know what do i want to sell um sell an lsu lamp um <laughs> obviously there's no pre-filled information in there so i'm gonna create uh, a draft here um this right here this custom label skew this is something that um people will never see uh, customers will never see. Um, and eBay's description is, you know, create a custom label to enter information you want to track, such as your own SKU number. So uh, for for my purposes, you know, I, I don't I don't do anything like special underscores, like price underscore, whatever. Like it really, it doesn't matter. So generally what I do is I'll put cost, I'll put my cost first. Um, and I, I never put the dollar sign. And the only reason why I don't put the dollar sign is because I always uh, export all this to Excel. And it, it just helps not having that dollar sign there when you're exporting it into a column that you've already formatted to add that dollar sign for you. So um, you can kind of skip that. So, so for instance, you know, if I paid $49.99 plus tax, that'll be 54 you know, whatever. Uh, 54, say 54.89. That's my cost. Um, and then, you know, I'm me in particular. I have um, I have bins, white bins, uh, cardboard bins that I bought from uh, from Amazon. They're very, very inexpensive. But I've labeled all these bins. So, you know, for instance, if I put it, if item goes in bin six, you know, I I, I just do that. So I have a cost 54.89 bin six. Um, and there's a lot of other times that I'll put in here, you know, if it's something that when I'm listing, I'm like, you know, if I don't sell this for six months, this might, you know, kind of, kind of mix me up when I actually go look, looking for this is sometimes I'll put, you know, I'll put big box, um, you know, orange. I had one the other day, um, orange envelope, um, 
so it just kind of helps you um, down the line when you're going to look for this stuff. So when you um, when you're uh, when you're listing, just kind of think, hey, if I don't sell this thing, you know, for six months, you know, am I going to be able to easily find this? Because um, you'd be surprised. Um, I've lost things just because I, I just had no idea where they were um, because I, I, I had either changed the location at some point or didn't write a good enough description. So I always put that on there. And, and the good thing now is that eBay um, on your mobile app, it'll now show that custom label um, so that if you're... Wait, in- are you sure? Is yeah. this new? Yeah. Because it was not... I, I was listing all day and it did not show me the custom label uh, now wait are you talking about when you make a listing it'll allow you no okay when it's sold when the item is sold why don't they allow you to do a custom label on the mobile you know i don't you know i don't know i don't know i, I don't i don't know what the what the reasoning behind that is but um but yeah so i mean it's it's very you know it's very important to have that you know taken care of and so i'll, I'll kind of you know, i don't know i, I don't want to this has got customer information, but yeah. when you do, when you do do the, when you do select the item that you've sold, it'll have that custom label. So if your inventory is in a different room um, and you can't be by your computer, it's super, super handy because mine's in another area of the house. So I can just go on my phone and find the locations of items, you know, rather quickly. Huh, I haven't done that. Uh, I usually do. Uh... I just go on the computer and most of my stuff's back here or in bins, you know, but most of them are pretty close. Yep. So I I think that's about it. We, we've been on plenty of soapboxes, plenty of rants. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't talk about any animals or anything. Oh, I, I did post the molester van pictures today. Nice, nice. Uh, I saw that. They are very creepy. Very molesty. Very uh, dark arts. It's just scary. Do you have one that you can screen share right now to show people? Like if mm, or did, let me did, see if I can. I think I can probably pull up my Instagram. Or just plug your Instagram account. Say hey, go follow this. Yeah, hey, go follow Road to Resale. Like, subscribe, bell, ding. Like Patreon. We, we don't have a Patreon. Follow Wire Me Money, Western Union. Yeah. Um, I'm a Nigerian prince. Okay, shut up, please. Let's see. And guess what? I got two things for you. <laughs> Whoa. Two. Can you hear that? Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. So, you can't see that, but everyone else can see that. Um, I don't know how to change the pictures on, on Instagram on Windows. There's an Instagram app. It's really crappy. But anyway, yeah. So <laughs> that is kind of a little promo for, for the podcast number six, which we actually talked about these molester vans in. Uh, basically, I just I, I went a couple weeks ago to, to a guy's house and he had these vans that he bought for his business and he just hasn't gotten around to uh you know fixing them up and getting them on the road so you know he entertained the thought of selling them uh they're in uh pretty pretty nice shape 
That one of the vans, the newer one, has two hundred and fifty three thousand miles on it. But you know, for someone like you, you know, those people don't know, you're actually pretty good with cars and mechanical stuff. So, like to me, there's no way in hell I would ever, you know, do something like that because I just, you know, I don't know, it'd be terrible. But I, I, for someone like you, like you could definitely, I could see you, you know, being able to keep one of those things going. Yeah. <sighs> 253,000 miles is a lot of miles. So <laughs> even even for somebody that that has some mechanical aptitude, I, I 250,000 miles, man, and, and it's a work van and you don't know how those those workers treated it, you know. Yeah. I I really I saw Wade's Ventures has this, I don't know if you saw that box truck he has. He has a box truck that, you know, most box trucks open on the back, right? They have like a a a roll-up door. Well, this thing has a roll-up door on either side. So the whole side is a roll-up door on both sides. Wow, that's cool. Wade's, Adv- Wade's Ventures is one that I really like. I yeah. actually got to see him at eBay Open. Um, this is like a really cool, pretty genuine dude. I was about to say, by his videos and stuff, I've never met him. You know, I didn't, I didn't go to eBay Open, but he really seems like a really nice, genuine yeah. guy. Doesn't, doesn't want to say anything. Yeah, I don't think. And if even if he did, I, I would kind of be okay with it because he is he's provided so much value to the community, yeah, man. He he's just I can't imagine what his work schedule looks like. It's gotta be insane. He does live videos several times a week, it seems, and Four times a day, it almost. Like. <laughs> yeah, goes live all the time on Instagram. He's a uh, he's killing it, man. Yeah, this is a good dude. I like him. Did you see that? Did you see that uh, that haul they did the other day? I don't know if you saw it, but th- they were doing a storage unit. They I don't know if it was him, Andre Andre's Hunt. I think is the the guy mm-hmm. he was with Instagram. But anyway, you know they live in Oregon, and I believe it's legal in Oregon. But they found oh they found all kinds of stuff in the storage unit. It it was it's kind of cool. Some of it was kind of creepy, but. They found like you know the big mason jars. Yep. They found like four big mason jars of weed. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it, like I said, they live in Oregon, so I think it's I think it's even recreationally legal there. But yeah, I was like, man, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> like, who finds that in the storage? There was uh, there was. There was a lot of drug paraphernalia, like hard drug paraphernalia in that wow. in that storage unit too, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You, have to, you have to check that one out. Yeah. That sounds that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking kind of scrolling through his Instagram right now. He's got great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, unless you got anything else, uh I mean we can talk about my beard a little bit. It's 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 getting into it's getting into hunting season, so yeah. not that I I haven't hunted in the last two years. Yeah. This being one of the years, I'm gonna try to go this year. Um, deer hunting, it's what we do. Yeah, yeah, I miss it. It's fun. We should try to set something up. We should try to see uh, if if he'll let us, you know, come out there this year. Yeah, come down one weekend or Just up. Around. Yeah. Deer meat's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 
It can be. We'll get into that on another podcast. (laughs) All right, man. Well, uh, I'd say again to all our viewers and listeners, you know, if, if you like our content, if you, if we provided a little bit of value to you, uh, you know, tell your friends, tell, uh, subscribe, share, like, swipe up all that stuff that I don't really swipe swipe left. Swipe right. I don't know. One of those is good. One of them's bad. That all happened after we yeah, were I'm not so single I'm anymore. So glad. Yeah, so me too. Uh, dating. It seems like dating would be hard and easy right now. <sighs> I don't even want to know. Probably hard because nobody's real online anymore. <laughs> I'm glad I don't worry about that. Anymore. Yeah. Out of that game. Yeah. If you don't straighten up, you may though. That's very true. I guess I would go for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's uh let's sign off. All good right. good talking to you. We'll yeah. we'll do this again. We need to do it a little bit sooner. I agree. Uh I agree. get these videos out there. Yep. Hopefully yep. people love us. Love Hope our so. rambling. We ramble a lot, but yeah. Yeah. such is life. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Go ahead and hang up. Boop.